This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. Man, you really um, sold me a bill of goods. What do you mean? Well, I thought this book was called Babe Island. Oh, Babe Island. And I got I all did. horned up. Yeah. Got ready, rubbed my hands with glee. Yeah. Drew a, a warm bath. Yeah. Lit some candles. Yep. Sent the missus away for the evening. Yeah. And then it's not. It was good. Let's talk about things that make you horny real quick. Okay. Yeah. Monkeys? <laughs> No, it's not. It wasn't that. Is it not monkeys? It's not. <laughs> okay, well, that's one place you and I diverge. <laughs> Parrots? No, and it's not that either. Wax cylinder recordings of jingle bells. <laughs> okay, and that's, this is the Venn diagram for us. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> you put that on every time. <laughs> put you know, that, I put that on. I drew my bath, <laughs> got out the phonograph. <laughs> yeah. Cued up jingle bells. What I said to you, Jack, yeah. knowing that you hadn't read the book yet, yes. you don't read the book until, until the day, the day of, of. Which is kind of a, the, a, a big flex. Because you have the luxury of time. Well. And I read the book some days ago. I would argue that I don't have the luxury of time and can only read the book day of. Okay, but, well, I have a full-time job and I couldn't do it during the day. Yeah. Okay, well, that is true. Um, what I said to you was, hell of a book, because mm-hmm. what a rip-roaring adventure this is. Yep. Yep. It's called Baby Island. It's so good. And it's oft referenced. Including in the Babysitter's Club. In the the text of our first season of this show. Yeah. The Babysitter's Club Club. Mm-hmm. They will refer to it a lot in the Babysitter's Club books. Yeah. I think it's an old-timey book. Yeah, it's old-timey-ish. I don't know when it came out, but it's... I don't either. I got the sense that it was old-timey. I thought the kids were British until they said they weren't. They seem so that's British. Sort of like it's the but, sort of mid-Atlantic thing that we we learned about in bringing up baby, where it's like everyone back then was kind was of kind British. of British, yeah, or yeah. wanted to be, yeah, right. So yeah, I got the sense. Should we figure out when this book was written? Yeah, we're gonna have to because that's we how both many read seconds. the the beautifully illustrated edition with the fun old timey cover. Yeah, it was cheaper. It was cheaper. Yeah, yeah, and you know, we're nothing if not frugal. Baby Island. Babies and gentlemen is what we read this week. There's absolutely no information attached to this book. It it starts with the beginning of chapter one and ends with it the just end rolls, of chapter. It's so good. It, and it, you know what? Uh, and you know what Kurt Vonnegut says, right? Is you should start your story as close to the end as possible. It, it was like the pure like I don't know if this person had like a baller editor or if they just like are good at that. This person being Carol. Oh, yeah, we should say Ryrie Brink. Let's say who these people are, too. It's me, Jack Shepard. Me Shepherd. and you. 37, yeah. 1937. And you're? 1937. Okay, well, we'll have to give me 19 seconds and then 37 seconds. That's how, what we, how we do that. And what's Tanner your name? Tanner Greenring. Tanner Greenring. And we read Carol Ryrie Brink's uh, Baby Island, and she started, like, the way the book starts is so great. She, um, it, it's just like, the ship was sinking. Yeah. <laughs> Like none the ship of this was sinking and it was nonsense. full of babies and we yeah. needed to move we had to get fast. The, yeah all the babies off the ship as many babies as we could <laughs> yeah so, so good i love that's it that's what mary and jean do it's so fun it's got such a fun attitude this novel it's got such a positive attitude too yeah. the yeah. whole time i was reading it i was thinking like 
man, if I was in this situation, I would just give up and drown myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but these two 10-year-old girls are like, they're so, they're will so... persevere. Better yeah. to be stranded on an island than at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I thought of them as British. And whenever they... Um, Whenever one of them feels down, the other one's like, just say this Robert Burns poem. <laughs> about William <laughs> About Wallace. William Wallace. It's, I think it's about, um, yeah, it's about William Wallace. Braveheart. Yeah. So good. Uh, should we talk about the show? Should we describe the book? What? Are we, what are, what's the next step here? You we tell kinda, me. Like, like Carol Ryrie's Brink's 1937 yeah. book, Baby Island, Yeah, we started in media Medias res. res. Yeah, that is exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so we should probably back up a little bit and tell everyone who we are and what this is. And okay. What, what I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Darren Greenring. And this is the Babysitter's Club. 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 And we talk about baby books. Season 15. 10. Mm, we've been saying 10 for long enough now that I think it's 15. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be pretty easy to figure that out, but I'm not yeah. going to do the work. No, I won't. Um, and we do, we've always what we've always done is we talk about babysitting books, and we dwelt, perhaps over long, on the babysitting books of Ann M. Martin, um, and then we dwelt perhaps not long enough on the babysitting books of The Mandalorian, and then but we kind of once we got that going at a clip, we we realized that we could just do one a week that's new and different, um, and so we did a few of. But those. let me so let me count. You talk for a second. I'm going to count how many we've done. Oh, that's perfect. That's great for me. Um, so we read what we did this week is a book called Baby Island. It's been in the lore of babysitting for such a long time. Anna Martin references it. Uh, people talk about it as a fun book they read as a kid. I had never heard of it. I didn't season read it fourteen, as a kid, but I loved it. And it's season fourteen, so it was pretty close, wasn't it? Yeah, and and I, I just before anyone mentions it, mm-hmm. I want to get out ahead of it. I want to do a little damage control. Okay, we are publishing these episodes once every two weeks now yeah you've you've all heard it by now you're you've all processed it you're all aware of it mm-hmm. i want to uh flag self-flagellate myself in front okay. of all of you great with a cat of nine tails with little glass bits at the end of each whip okay i'd like so that can, I'd like it to really see that. tears into my black my back and you can really see the blood like the guy me. in uh, da vinci code because yeah exactly paul mm-hmm. bettany mm-hmm. and you know that's paul bettany I did not. I, that Vision blew my himself. mind. But, yeah. I don't actually know if it is. Okay, you know what I'm let's not look of? it up. Remember that movie we watched in theaters called Priest? Yeah, that movie. That rules. was like about like a techno future priest. The movie fucking rule. That was Paul Bettany. Hell yeah, Jesus! I didn't know that. That movie is such an underrated movie, and no one liked it. But it was so. It good. just like it was such a blip. Like no one gave a shit. But I remember yeah. watching it, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" It was awesome. This owns bones. Yeah, it's about a, a future priest. Who's uh, about a super priest? Uh, what was I saying? Oh, I'm falling on my knees before all of you and and taking full blame for the fact that we're only recording once every two weeks now. I'm too busy at work and I'm too busy with personal life. That's uh, noble. Oh, of you. but Tanner, why didn't you? Well, why is it a Pokemon podcast not once every two weeks? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Um, I don't have a good answer. For that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to choose one. <laughs> Wow. And we do this one twice. This is how you tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping my work situation levels off soon and we'll go back to one one a week very shortly. Yeah. Should we even like commit to two a week? No, let's not. Let's do a, let's, yeah, we'll, we'll make up the time. Get back up to, we'll do a couple a week. It only takes me uh, 
10 to 15 hours to edit one of these things. Yeah. So at how many hours are there in a week? <laughs> so many. So many more literally, than that. I literally so many could not answer that. that. We read Baby Island this week. We really loved it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to describe it. If you haven't read it, don't worry. It's a fucking thrill ride. I hope you do, do go read, read it. it though. It's so much fun. It's I was just... not expecting to like it because it no, was written in 1937. But then I read it and I was like gripped. <laughs> it's tons of fun. It, it's and it's like it's funny as hell. And it's, it's like, like a little longer than a Babysitters Club book, so it's not a huge commitment. And it just like it trucks. Yeah, it trucks. It trucks. Um, I think I describe it. Oh, I would love that. But I feel I want, like you always describe it now, and actually, that's my preference. <laughs> I think last week we did um, One Fine Day, and you described it. That's weird, because it's your favorite movie. Well, I describe it. Put some time on the on the clock, and I'll describe it. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was, I was reading some Instagram messages we got to our um, experience share. Perfect. Uh, Let's not do that. Account. Yeah. Okay, so this... this Radio novel was published in 1937. So I'm gonna. So you give us the way this works is you give me 19 seconds now, and then we're gonna during do those 19 stop. seconds I'll describe this novel. We take a full stop and assess how it debrief. Went. Yep. Yeah. Debrief. And then we'll put another. Then we'll throw 36 seconds, seconds back on, and I'll do the rest of it. Yep. You ready? Okay. Yep. I'm ready. In three, two. The SS Orminta is sinking in the middle of the ocean. Mary and Jean Wallace are on their way to visit their father in Australia, who is going to look after them. The, in the hurry to get off the boat, they rescue a bunch of babies, the three Snodgrass babies and Anne Elizabeth, uh, who is a baby of another man. They get off the boat onto a lifeboat, and it floats into the ocean, and beep, 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 beep. And that's 19 seconds, so you got through I'm the a, first half I'm of the a, first chapter. I'm Joe Biden. Um, I'll seat the rest of my time. <laughs> Um and uh, how did I do? Uh, poorly. That was that was. I think poorly? not I even the full great. first chapter. Okay. All right. I thought I did great. Wanna, um, all right. Hit me with thirty six more seconds, and I'll do the rest. Thirty seven. Thirty seven. Yeah. Great. Okay. Great. Thirty seven second timer starting in five, four, three, two. The girls and the babies float to an island. Eventually, they land on an island. They uh, make things work, uh, even though they almost drown the babies because they don't understand Tide. Uh, they eventually find a man on the island whose name is Harvey Peterkin, uh, and he doesn't like babies, but he does uh, eventually come around to liking them, and he has goats, and they drink the goat's milk, and they all have a, a, a just kind of bear up under difficult circumstances on the island and um, try to convert Harvey Peterkin, who has showed up on the island because he doesn't like um, looking after babies or his girlfriend um, and they do persuade him to be a good person and then their dad rescues them uh, because time. he saw the notes that they sent home in uh, tin cans I, I, there's so much I want to talk about Yeah. first of all I think what I want to do given that last point you covered mm-hmm. is invite Liz okay. into the room Liz she's Liz. there in Connecticut hey Liz yeah can you come in here Hey, Liz. Yeah. Okay. She's coming in. She's going to sing. That's weird. She just like, I didn't even notice that that's a curtain in your room, but she just pulled back a curtain that looked like a black wall and has emerged out of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. We charge her a lot of rent. Okay. Yeah. No, you should. You can't. You think I can afford a place in Connecticut? These Connecticut basements don't pay for themselves. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I assume you have a rest of your house, but. (laughs) 
Uh, no, we rent out a lot of the rooms. <laughs> Karis is here. Karis, of course, yeah. Yeah, some mm-hmm. other folks. Yeah, from the other show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's hear it, Liz. Liz, will you please sing the? Will you sing the guessing the mysteries? Yeah. You're guessing the mystery. Beautiful. Lovely to hear that. No, we don't do that for this. We don't do that for this. So what? What's? So did we guess the mystery? Do you say what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Did you guess the mystery in this one? Oh, what that the um, the notes will be what saved them? Yeah. No. Okay. Let me read the passage. Okay. While the babies napped and the lifeboat bobbed over the waters, Mary and Jean turned out their pockets to see what useful things chance might have sent along with them. Out of Jean's came a ball of string, a piece of tin foil, a chain of safety pins, a stubby pencil, and a half-written postcard for Aunt Emma. There's no use in that anyway, said Mary, looking at the card. It was a picture of the Orminta floating upon the calm blue sea. On the other side, Jean had written, Dear Aunt Emma, the weather is fine. We are all fine. This boat is fine. Oh, what fibs, exclaimed Jean. Jean was already busy filling up the rest of the space on the card. She wrote, We are on our way to a desert hand with the Snodgrass baby and Anne Elizabeth Arlington. We are well and happy, hoping you are the same. Your loving niece, Jean. P.S., the boat in the picture was wrecked. We are on a fine little lifeboat. <laughs> uh, I promised Aunt Emma I would write her every week, said Jean solemnly. So here goes number one by Deepwater Express. She wrote her aunt's name and address on the card, folded it several times, wrapped it in a piece of tin foil, put it in an empty beef can, bent down the cover, and set the can afloat across the water. And I, the note I captured here is, these are, these are what's going to lead them to... The, Wow. And you did did guess the mystery. And I guessed the mystery. Well, there goes my fucking hero. Thank you. Congratulations. I didn't guess it. I did guess that everything would turn out all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it would. You think the babies are just going to die on the island? I mean, they often almost do. (laughs) They often almost do. But everybody's just got such a good attitude. Let's talk about Mr. Peterkin for a second. Okay, yeah. Speaking of people with good attitudes. Okay. Original MGTOW. For the uninitiated, and I'm sorry to introduce you to this concept, a MGTOW is a, an abbreviation for for MGTOW, which means men going their own way, and it's a yeah. it's bad. And I it's and, bad. It's sort of like the it's like a weaponized misogyny, where yeah. men decide that they don't need women and actively dislike women, and it's a pretty like active community on well Reddit. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think this guy Avi <laughs> Pickin. Yeah. Is the original MGTOW. Yeah. It's, his whole thing is uh, that he is trying. It's pretty funny uh, if you ignore the, the MGTOW implications. But his whole thing, it, like, he's like, the, the, the girls are on Baby Island. They're doing a pretty good job looking after the babies. We'll get into this. Yeah. Um, but as they, like, move deeper into the island, like, they see footprints and they eventually find this dude. And it's like, what's he going to be? Is he going to be, like, a native of the island or is he going to be, like, a pirate or, like, is he going to be bad? And he's right. just this, like, dude, like, this old farmer 
who deliberately moved to the island because he was engaged to marry his sweetheart, Belinda, but then he saw what happened to his brother and sister-in-law, which is that they had a bunch of children, and he was like, that sucks. And she became like a nag. And he was like, and she became a nag, according to him, and it seemed like a pain in the ass, and so he was like, I literally came here to get away from babies. (laughs) <laughs> you fucker. It's all right. He's the original MGTOW. <laughs> brought a ton of babies. It's he went very his own way in the, the most yeah. extreme way possible. Yeah. He moved to a desert island, and a boat comes by yeah. only once every two years to deliver him to stuff. To deliver him stuff. They don't get into like how that happens. But, yeah. Uh, he uh, anyway, it's pretty one, and he's like this like curmudgeonly old dude. But eventually, they kind of win him over. Because, he's cool. Like, he's, he's cool. cool. Um, he's so, got a pity beard. He's got a pity beard. That one of the babies, um, Anne, baby Anne, uh, uh, strokes his beard and says "pity pity," which means pretty pretty, and he is kind of taken by it, yeah. despite himself. Um, so this leads me to my next topic, which is um, colonialism. Perfect. I yeah. love it because they are pretty. Um... They say some challenging phrases in this book, don't they? Well, that's not what I want to talk about. Uh, okay. I don't want to talk about colonialism in a positive light. <laughs> no, that's not what I want necessarily either. But I think we can do it. We can kind of walk the line here. Okay. But can you sing There Goes My Hero? Because I... Oh, yeah. No, no. Sorry. I yeah. did notice no, that right. they, okay. they like refer to people on the island as like yeah. oh. savages. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Ready? There goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. And that's about you. And that yeah. was about you. And it's about what you said. Um, yeah, we're going to walk a line here. Because it's a fun book. Written in 1936. They did their best. But they do. 37. It brings up. 37. God, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, they bring up a number of books like Robinson Crusoe. Yep. And so um, uh, Mr. Peterkin. And obviously The Tempest comes up a lot in this novel. Sure. Um. In a way that I'll get into later, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Peterkin is in initially thought of as a uh, Man Friday character. When they see his footprints, they're like, oh, that, like I wonder if this is – I think they specifically say, like, oh, is this a Man Friday? Yeah. Um, so they, 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 that sort of brings up these sort of colonialist ideas. Um, like, what's that? And I was like, oh, shit, is that something we're going to have to talk about and grapple with? But it wasn't. He's just a, a, a guy from England, so we didn't quite have to get into it. But here's what's interesting. I still Peter found Kent, a way. Excuse me? I still found a way. Can I ask you about something that I constantly look at? Before you do, camera? I should say that I was literally in the middle of a, a fairly complicated there's thought. Like is a, that okay to say? There's a thing that I see behind Can, I, can we just kind of a green acknowledge that? and a silver stick, and at the end of the silver stick is a little brush. What is that? Is it for catching bugs? If I answer it, will you allow me to finish my thought? Yes. Yeah, it's a humane bug catcher. Okay, I need one of those because we have stink bugs here in Connecticut. They're really cheap. Okay. It's like it works really well. You just what grab would you it? call that if a I was humane to search bug for it catcher? On Amazon okay. humane bug catcher. Because I do this trick where I put like a cup over it and I slide oh. like a piece of paper under and then I walk this it shit out to rules. The woods. It rules. But it's like I would I want that to be one step. It rules. Okay. It's very good. That's what I want. Can I finish my thought? Yeah. We had some stink buggy. It's, it's warming up here. That, it's lovely. It's 70 it. degrees, and we have stink buggy. I get it. Like, I can get these fucking things out of my Well, house. I'm glad that you want to capture them humanely. Listen, please let me finish this thought. never it's kill a bug. very complicated. I would never kill a bug. Okay. Can I say it? Yeah. Um, There are masters, you know. There are more bugs. By biomass, there are more bugs on the planet than 
than humans. Sometimes when I say um and pause, it's not because I want you to fill the space. It's because I'm collecting my thoughts for a, like for a, a storm of And I'm content. giving you that space. No, I'm you're vamping. not. You Every time you give me, quote unquote, give me that space, I have to start again. Because of what in I'm saying mind. is so fascinating. No, you because didn't know what I'm saying is so complicated. Let me just say it. Human beings on the planet, right? Listen, the That's real true. act of colonialism in this book is the civilization of Peterkin, who is at first mistaken for a man Friday, but what it, the way that he's being colonized is his, and this isn't from me, it's from the book. He is being colonized as a man by the feminine in this novel. Okay. I, I, I need you to tread so no. carefully here and look there doesn't this is what the book is saying this is what he's, the book is so saying. he's no longer MGTOW is what you're saying no he, he was MGTOW and he's he's the the arc of reformed. this novel for better or worse and I'm not making a value judgment on it I'm just commenting so on much it, hedging is that the colonialism that happens in an interesting way is that Peterkin is quote unquote civilized as a man to tap into his traditionally feminine instincts, his instincts for motherhood and nurture and caring. And it happens over I, the course I, of the book. Nurture and care for my son, are you saying that? No, I'm very clearly not saying that you shouldn't. Um, but, like and also, think about this. Think about this. Saying it, you're saying that it sounds like what you're saying is that that's women's work. That's not what I'm saying. Well, think about this. What is, think about this, and you answer me. Yeah. What does Peterkin mean to you? Um, kin of Peter. Or? Family of Peter. Son of Peter. Or little Peter. Little Peter. That's like <laughs> Thumbkin. It's like a little pecker. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So the, the man's name is literally someone who has been emasculated. Uh, okay. Tiny penis. Yeah. I thought you'd like that. I would. I'm, I'm curious about the leap from Peter to pecker. Peter is a very common euphemism for a penis. Okay. Did you know that? Eh, sort of, but it sort of seems antiquated to me. Okay. Well, this book was oh, written in I 1937. Oh, I'm going to take out my penis. Okay. But it's a very common euphemism for the penis. Maybe and a Peterkin would be a little penis. I think it's interesting. It's interesting. It's fascinating what you're talking about. What, you have so nothing you... further to say about it? No, think about it. Isn't I that interesting? I started the conversation. No. With the MGTOW shit. Don't put this back on me. You're okay. finishing my conversation. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting new take on this concept where it's like the colonized in this case is a is a man who is not fully evolved. I and do have to fully to say evolve. About... What he needs to do is learn to embrace the side of himself that is caring and isn't just a weird dude who deserted his girlfriend because his brother had too many kids. Yeah. To live on an island by himself. Yeah. I do have uh, something I want to bring up okay. with regards to masculinity. Great. Perfect. And it's maybe a little early in the episode to do it, but it, it does seem like the best time to kind of pull the trigger, which is... It's when we talk about our burns. Um, burns on me. Okay. Jean was at the stern of the boat, uh-huh. and she went down on her knees and began to rap on the wooden panel with her knuckles. They're still in the lifeboat looking for supplies. Uh-huh. 
Mary, I believe there's a hollow place here at the end of this boat. I believe a wooden panel must come out, and that there must be some sort of cupboard inside. Come and help me. Oh, I can't, Jean. The blue twin almost jumped overboard just now. Jean stuck her finger in the crack of the paneling and struggled manfully. (laughs) I see I'll have to be a father in this family, she said. (laughs) And um, the burn's on me because I don't think anyone has ever or would ever describe anything I do. Yeah. Including struggling. As manful. As manful. No, I'm trying to think. Is, have I, have you, in my, in your experience with me, we're close friends. We've been close yeah. friends for to, coming on 10 years now. Yeah. Have um, you ever done anything manful? Over 10 years. Have you ever seen me do anything manfully? We got in that fight that one time and a guy knocked your glasses off. Sure, but you off. were the, you were the man and in I that situation. And what I said was, I like worked hard to ingratiate myself to <laughs> them. I was like, oh, sirs, I'm sorry. We're leaving now. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I like, <laughs> I think that was the that was a good and and right thing to do, but it's not what you would describe as manful in the in the in all the loaded ways at that. I, mean, I didn't cry. So, I didn't cry, and cry. I could have. Yeah. Um, what else? Wanted to. Yeah, that was tough. I suppose I, I I I I'm trying to find the the most delicate way to say this. Yeah. And I'm so bad at saying things delicately, so I'm just going to take a run at it. Okay. I put my seed in my wife. <laughs> And that was the, the worst possible way to say that. It caused the birth of a hearty baby boy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's pretty manful. Yeah, yeah. I'll allow it. I wish. I, I wish. I. I don't. I don't even want to make a comment on the way you chose to I'm say it. I'm so bad at it. Yeah. And I apologize to everyone for that. Yeah. I just like. I can't quite. <laughs> no, get but the that's tone pretty right. manful. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I do? I thought of a manful thing that I do every yeah. week. Yeah. There's a newspaper here in the area that I live in without triangulating. Mm-hmm. And the name of the newspaper is the Hartford Courant, which is going to give you a, a some, somewhat of an idea of where <clears> I <throat> That's pretty triangulatory, yeah. And the Hartford Courant is a newspaper, but then the I don't subscribe to that newspaper. Okay. And they do not throw it in my driveway every Thursday. Too liberal. But what they do – yeah, it's too liberal. <laughs> What they do throw on my driveway every fr- Thursday is the Hartford Courant Shopper. Okay. A free circular. Yeah. <laughs> with all the hottest deals yeah. in the Hartford suburbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And every, I would say, f- I think I'm going on five times now. I've called the Hartford Courant office and said, I do not want this. <laughs> okay. Please stop putting it on my driveway. That's pretty man. Just littering. All I do is go out, pick it up, and throw it in my garbage. Yeah. I please, don't want please, it. please stop dropping it off. Yeah. And every time I call them, and I've called them five times since probably November. And also, your rag is too liberal. You say when you yeah. call them. Yeah. <laughs> they always say, "Of course, sir." Yeah. We will notify the delivery team to stop delivering <laughs> every Thursday, rain or shine. Yeah. It's right there in my driveway. Okay. And today I was complaining to my wife, and I was like, "I'm gonna call the police." <laughs> I'm gonna call the police and report these people for, That's pretty for littering. And she was like, "Do not do that." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna call them and I'm gonna tell them I'm calling the police." Uh, okay, yeah. And she was like, "Do not do that." And I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna call them and say I'm gonna call my attorney." <laughs> and she was like, "Do not do that. I think this is a hill you just need to die on, <laughs> or said, not die." So on. I will. Yeah. So it's a very dad move, and I feel like that's something I'm doing manfully is yeah. fighting the man. 
I love it. Um, one of the things I love about this book yep. is how just fucking game everybody is. Everybody's cool about it. The girls in particular, Mary and Jean, roll with every punch. I admire them. I want to be like them. I'm so inspired. I'm inspired by them. They're just like stiff upper lip. And I guess you don't. They don't do that in America because they're American girls. They never bow to the pressure. They ex- It's like very zen almost. It's the opposite of me. Yeah. I, I not only just bow, but crack at even the slightest pressure. I would be complaining about every damn thing. Someone will slack me and they'll be like, hey, can you update this image in this article? I'll be like, oh Ugh. my God. Yeah. I'm literally going to kill someone. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they rescue a bunch of babies. It does turn out that like <laughs> at the end of the novel, it's like, Everybody read this, by the way. We're going to spoil it, but it doesn't matter that it's spoiled at it's all. It's in 1937. Just, it's like, yeah, come on. You've had... You've had the grace period is over. <laughs> you've had 84 years to read it. <laughs> um, the, uh, it turns out that everyone on the boat was rescued. And their yep. lifeboat... It was the only thing that escaped from the boat, and it's just them and, all like, five babies. Yeah. Uh, but they're cool about it. They're so chill, and they're so fun and, and cool the babies about it. are rad. The babies yeah. are fun. Yeah. They're down for it, you know? They drink yeah. goat's milk. The babies are pretty cool. Yeah. They find Mr. Goats. Peterkin is Mr. pretty Peterkin cool. goats. Yeah. He's got, a, uh, he's got a parrot called... Halford. Alfred. Halford. He puts Which a is, H. So he puts Peterkin a, has a speech a impediment where he puts a H in front of... Yeah words that start with a vowel yeah and any word that starts with an a h he cuts off the h so he calls himself avi yeah even though yeah. it's harvey <laughs> and, and he calls, calls his, his bird Halfred, even though his bird's name is alfred yeah it's good um let's take a quick break and come back and continue to discuss this fascinating novel okay Well, we're back. Do you want to say something or do you want me to say something? Do you want me to confront you about the thing I was just confronting you about? I don't want to talk about it again. I want I want everyone to hear this from your own lips. You and I just had a conversation that we just have recorded. a disagreement and yeah. have had through our whole friendship mm-hmm. where I'm a young, hip millennial. That's not how I describe it. And I use language as a tool uh-huh. for my own needs. Mm-hmm. And... You are a decrepit aging gen pedant and a prescriptionist. Yeah, yeah. You're a cuss. We're both cuspers, mm-hmm. I think. But you're okay. more of a cusper. You're Gen X, mm-hmm. and I'm millennial. And you're a stickler. Mm-hmm. Begs the question means doesn't mean that, right? Wah. I wish I were. Yeah, uh, going to the zoo. Mm-hmm. Not I wish I was going to the zoo. That's uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because, you know, zoos are unethical. The toe, breathed Mary. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, his this is when they first discovered Mr. Peterkin. He's lost his toe, and, and they know it from his footprints. The toe, breathed Mary. Sure enough, his feet were bare, and his middle toe on his left foot was missing. He had a very large nose, mm-hmm. and a slightly open mouth was surrounded by a strong black beard. It's him whispered Jean, and Mary was too astonished at the moment to tell her to say, it's he. Mm -hmm. And 
the the scenario I put forth in front of you is we're at a bar, we're having drinks, someone just bought the last round. And I said, right. oh, that's generous of them. Uh, which one of these gentlemen up by the bar bought mm-hmm. the round for us? Yeah. And I challenged you to point at a guy and say, it's he. It is he. You would never say that, Jack. Why wouldn't I? Because I never... I would say it is he. You would absolutely never that guy. ever say it is he. Yeah, and it's okay. You can say it however you want. And especially if it's in a moment of crisis. Language and I think evolves. that's the lesson of this podcast. Language evolves. If you want to say begs the question when you mean... Raises uh, the question. Raises the question. And if yeah. you want to you can. say you can. was when you're supposed yeah. to say were... I think you can. Just fucking go for it. Life's too short. No, it's fine. It's okay to do it. It's okay to do it. I'll say that. It's okay to do it. And in those latter cases, and not in the former case, where in fact it makes sense to use an accusative when in fact a nominative is called for, that's fine. Tis he! I do think that when you say, begs the question when you mean raises the question, what you're losing in the language is something that is quite beautiful, which is a, a, a very distinctive meaning that is going out of the world. And that's the way it happens, I guess. The world doesn't need it. Well, it does, because how else would you describe a situation where somebody uses the conclusion they're trying to prove as the premise of their argument. You would couldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> Could you? Listen, here I want to do a hit segment that we like to do um, now that we're back, and it's called um, Fan Theories with Cam Geary. Okay. And it's where I, I talk like to about... call it um, He-Man Facts with We-Man Jacks. Okay, that's less descriptive of what's actually happening. But it's where we talk about fan theories from the movie, and um, I have a, a number. And it's Cam Gary because it's babysitting. Yep. Look it up. Look it up! And it's He-Man because it's babysitting. <laughs> yeah, and it's He-Man because it's babysitting. I hope this isn't your first episode. Um, and, um, okay, theory number one. I've got two, uh, two uh, fan theories with Cam Gary for this book. Okay. Ready? Yep. Theory number one. Uh, this novel is just the fever dream of a new parent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's why they're like... A lot of it rang real true for me. They're like, like, they're both like super, they're like super like rolling with the punches about like, oh, we're shipwrecked. Oh, we have like eight like unaccompanied fucking like toddlers that we have to look after. Oh, Four. like they're like, they're not like freaking out about it, but there's also this like sense of like chaos and doom and everything is just bad and like mr peterkin is like the manifestation of that where he's like i don't i just i'm here on this island because i don't want babies around yeah (laughs) and so it's like those two conflicting impulses where it's like just leave me alone and also like gotta look after this baby and well these girls before any of this baby island incident even went down were baby crazy uh, Mary especially yeah, the older they're baby one. Crazy. she's 12 she yeah. loves babies she loves taking care of babies yeah. this is like kind of a dream come true for her yeah she's which into is it. also sort of a very parenting thing it's like yeah you i look at my boy's eyes and i think what a beautiful sweet angel boy i don't know what i would do without him my life is forever changed for the positive because of him mm-hmm. and that's the mary that's the like ego Mary yeah. inside of me. And then you got the and Mr. Ke- Peter King. That's me. That's me. <laughs> Mr. Peter King comes out. It's <laughs> like, like, where can I find an island without I, babies on it? I <laughs> can't believe this kid has had diarrhea for three weeks straight. Why is it that every time I move to a deserted island with no babies on it, 
somebody shows up with a bunch of fucking babies for yeah. me to sit. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to just do eight hours of good, clean, God-fearing work in one day. Yeah. But my boy will not stop shitting his pants. Yeah. And what that means is he has to stay home. Yeah. And that's yeah, challenging for me. I can't remember if I cut that out of a previous episode, but um, if <laughs> in case I did, uh, Tanner's child uh, shat his pants so much and made his butt so raw that he couldn't go to daycare anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's just home all the time. <laughs> I think we're thinking Classic. it's dietary at this point. Classic. Yeah. Classic. I know. I think it's a character defect. I'm a um, Aristotelian, so I'm I'm like yeah. a big subscriber to virtue ethics, and I think this is just like it's bad character. You <laughs> it's know? like an RPG character where it's like <laughs> boons, uh, yeah. always happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flaws. Literally never stop. Can't stop shitting his pants. <laughs> uh, I found Mr. Peterkin's MGTOW moment. If you'd like to hear it. Yeah, please. Mr. Peterkin looked very glum. See here. Do you think he's British? He's. I think he's Scottish because he's very moved to tears by the, the poem they read about. The William Robert Wallace. Burns poem. Oh, yeah, yeah. They love to read. It's so lovely. They keep, whenever, I've said this before, but like whenever things are going south, they read this like inspiring Robert Burns poem. Yeah. About, like it's about the, um, uh, uh, the battle when um, the, the Brits talk about colonialism. The Brits were held back, and the Scots were able to maintain sovereignty for a little yeah, longer. It worked out great for them. Yeah, it worked out really well for them. Mr. Peterkin looked very glum. See here, he said. My brother Henry, he made a great mistake. Scottish. I don't, I don't think he's Scottish. I think were he's English. Do it in Scottish anyway? Just for coverage? Mr. Peterkin looked very glum. See here, he said. My brother Henry made a great mistake. He went and got married, he did. An awful nagging woman he married, name of Maggie. And they had 12 young'uns. Awful middlesome young'uns. I was promised to be married myself to a lady named Belinda, as fair a wench as ever balanced a tray. But, says I, twill be Henry and Maggie all over, says I. So I ups and runs away to this here land to be rid of the young'uns for the rest of my life. That's why you're not welcome, do you see? I think he is Scottish. The way you read that is just yeah. so natural. Yeah, I maybe I'm Scottish. Scottish. Maybe you're Scottish. Well, you I got a little Scottish in me. And... A lot of Scottish, a little Scottish in me. My grandma on my dad's side had some Scottish in her. Listen, um, you want to hear my next fan theory with Cam Geary? Yes, they're in purgatory, lost. <laughs> you think this is a lost situation? They find it's the a lost situation. Hit the button. Think about it. They fucking sink in Smoke a boat monster. and like. Then they end up on an island and it's like fucking crazy and there's like a dude with some goats and shit Jack and like and Jack Shepard and Jack Shepard's. Um, I would say <laughs> I would have trouble counting on one hand the number of times in my current job that I have punted something to you and I'll slack the person who like has made this request of me. Yeah. Like, hey, we need to write copy for this microsite we're building. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I have, a, I have a contractor on my team who's good at that kind of stuff. His name's Jack Shepard, and they will always respond, oh, like the guy from Lost? That's and funny. every single time I'll say, yes. <laughs> Do you it's know my, my sto- funny story about that? No. That I may we've had done like seven thousand episodes. So if I told this story before, fucking cut me some damn slack. Um, 
when uh, I went to go start the uh, Australia office for... Um, I started the Australia office. Yeah, that is... For oh, New York Review d- Deeply untrue. <laughs> I was there three weeks before you guys no. launching the office. I was there on the day one of the office. Tanner, before me and Scott went there, what about the fucking year before you went there that I went by myself to fucking hire the office? Well... I yeah. went and taught them how to do their fucking business. That's fine, but and that's now the different from what you're saying. Now the office shut down. Yeah, okay. Well, so. none of that is relevant. When I started the Australia, went to go and see if we could have an Australia office for newyorkreviewofbooks.com slash Infowars. Yeah. Um, I like set up a bunch of interviews for the editor-in-chief before I left. I think you ask anyone on that team. Can I finish this? None of them are there no, anymore, th- but if no you ask any of them and they said... Hey, who, who? which American came over and helped you launch your office? Who was in that fucking photo that you took with all of our yeah. little New York review of, yeah. of, of book reviews? How many hoodies on the first day sitting in front of the op- how many Opera empo- House? Who was that? How many employees were there when you went? Three. Where did they come from? I don't know. <laughs> well, one of them is from Scotland. Where, where did they come from? Scotland Listen, and Australia. We can't talk about this on podcasts. <laughs> Listen, let me say this. I did the work there. I'm not saying you didn't. I just want to tell this tale. Um, So I like set up a bunch of interviews with Australians before I left. And one of the dudes was like, I was like, all right, like I'm flying over next month and we can meet in a coffee shop. And the guy was like, okay, let me get this straight. Your name is Jack Shepard and you're getting on a plane (laughs) from LA to Australia. And you expect me to fucking actually see you on the other side of it? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that was the right kind of time for that kind of joke, too. Yeah, it was funny. It's only like five years after Lost. Good. Ended. What else do you want to say about the book? Those are my theories. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're already wrapping up. No, we're not wrapping up. I'm asking you to contribute. To fan theories. No, anything. Yeah, here's a fan theory. It's all a dream. Okay. It's all a dream. Okay. Whole thing is a Mario Brothers two. Okay, it's like Mario two. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Hey, call the horse voice on the deck above. Don't let that boat go down yet. She's not full. Mary's boat was drawn back towards the side of the vessel. Don't go without Mister and Missus Snodgrass. Called Mary, but her voice was entirely drowned by the noise of wind and wave and the shouting of people on the streamer. The lifeboat swung back and forth in the wind like a hammock full of dolls. That's challenging. Yeah. (laughs) Gene had sunk down to the bottom of the boat in deep slumber with the snodgrasses. Okay. And that's the dream. Gene is uh, sleepy. She's sleepy. She, like, sleeps through the sinking of the boat. She sleeps through the sinking of the boat. Isn't that a song, Hey Now Sleepy Gene? Um... Hey now, sleepy Jean. Yeah, hey now, sleepy Jean. Yeah, okay. I know just what you mean. Yeah, good. Because you're a lifeboat survivor. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's um, right. She's a sleepy lady. She sleeps through the sinking of the boat. She sleeps through the lifeboat situation. Yeah. She only wakes up when they finally arrive on Baby Island. They're both such good characters. They're so good. I think it's Mary all a dream. And it's all. And she dream. saves the day. And she saves the day. She saves the day. Yeah, she's very dreamlike. With yeah, little hidden messages in a bottle. Yeah. So, all a dream is my uh, he-man fact with 
Wheat Man Jack. And it's dolls, isn't it? And it's doll. A lot of Listen dolls. Listen to this. So you mentioned a doll passage. Here's another one. It's too bad you didn't bring along some of our baggage, Mary, said Jean regretfully. This is when they're in the lifeboat. Good gracious. I had all I could do to rescue the twins and you and Jonah. I didn't have time to think of toothbrushes and nightgowns. Well, I don't feel so bad about toothbrushes, said Jean. But what I do feel bad about is my pink taffeta. I don't know what that is. Taffeta? I think it's like taffy. It's like taffy. It's a dress that's made out of taffy. And now it's gone to the bottom of the sea. I'm afraid the fish won't appreciate it. Never mind, consoled Mary. Just think how sweet a baby whale would look in it, Jeannie. And there's Miranda, continued Jean plaintively. She's the best doll I ever had, even if her skull is cracked and her front teeth knocked out. Goodness, said Mary. I shouldn't feel sorry about that dreadful old doll if I were you. Here, we have four live ones. So that's, drowned a doll. that's troubling. Yeah. But she drowned a doll, and before she even drowned the doll, she, like, she pacified it. She removed its yeah. teeth so it could no longer bite. Yeah. That, and that, ev- she everybody should do that. That's lobotomized it. Basic safety. Yep. She cracked open its skull cracked and took out whatever, like, Brain primal juice. instinct. So it can't think. So it can't think. It's just, it's yeah. just like, it's like a cow in a field. Yeah. yeah. And then it's she drowned totally it. So she is doing... Doll, appropriate doll procedure, just to make sure that the doll doesn't get it. Step one, remove the teeth so it cannot bite. Mm -hmm. Step two, remove the thinking facilities so it doesn't even want to bite. Yeah. If you're still finding trouble with your doll, step three, drown it. Drown the doll. Yeah. And we've always And if it is your first episode, this is all... That's good Stuff we're coming up with on the fly. This is not... You're wondering... What context is this taken out of? And it's yeah. not. It, this is it's something not. that we're generating It's just generating what you should do fly. with your dolls. It's just what you should do on the dolls. Yeah. But here, and then they have four live dolls in the boat, and the, and the kids are dolls. And that's the, another uh, fan theory number four. We do you want to talk four. about the kids at all? Briefly, let, may I just say this before we do? The doll tanner is named Miranda. What does that remind you of? What do you mean doll tanner? There's a doll tanner? The doll, comma, tanner, comma, is named Miranda. What okay. does that remind you of? The Sex in the City. <laughs> no, it's not Sex in the City. The Tempest. You were going to say The Tempest, weren't you? And then you filled in Sex in the City. <laughs> weren't you? No. You knew no, no. it. And I you were going to say, to say, say it. Because <laughs> it's not called The Sex in the Have City. Have I read The Tempest? Sure. I took yeah. a class in college called Shakespeare for non-literature majors. <laughs> that sounds like a bad class. I would not take that class. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> you sat and read Shakespeare all the time. It was great. They even wow. made us read that Neil Gaiman uh, comic series where he did Midsummer's Night Dream and the... Uh, that sounds sleep, fun. Sleep Man. The Sleep Man, yeah. Sandman. Uh, Miranda Tanner is Prospero's daughter on the fucking Such deserted... Miranda. What? I'm such a Miranda. <laughs> From I'm the not, Tempest? I'm, a I'm such a Prospero. <laughs> Brave new world that has such people in it. That's what she says. Yeah. But on the island, I'll Tanner, think about it. Think about it. Let's engage with this content. <laughs> you don't want to talk about Aldous Huxley? <laughs> I don't want to talk about Aldous Huxley. Okay. Was he Brave New World? I don't want that. I don't talk? want this conversation. I want okay. the conversation that I started. Think about it. They, it's so interesting. There's so much resonance in this novel. There are so many analogs. There's 
so there's the Tempest. That's one, right? That's another um, deserted island. Here's another one. Mary, aren't we like the ancient mariner or Balboa discovering the Pacific Ocean or something? There's this Coleridge resonance that is brought sure. up. Yep. Then there's the Odyssey, right? Peterkin, Mr. Peterkin, in some ways, is an Odysseus, and Belinda, his beloved uh, girl that he's thrown over, is the, his Penelope waiting back for him. It's so yeah. interesting. It was it was 1937. Like all this yeah. shit was still like pop culture at that point. <laughs> it's like a billion years ago. Yeah, and Walter World, and Walter World. Yeah, and the Babysitters Club book where Claudia and Dawn get stuck yeah. on that island with babies. Yeah, and it's called Babysitters on Board. Yeah, overboard. No, it's not called that. Okay. Yeah, Babysitters Ahoy. And overboard. The film, and overboard. overboard. And Overboard, the film. When she falls off the boat. 1987, and... Adam Sandler vehicle. No. Overboard. It's not Adam Sandler. Um, she falls off the boat. I, I Tell me if this is, <laughs> thinking back on it, I imagine they wouldn't make the, that movie today, but I think the premise is that she's really mean and unpleasant. Goldie but Hawn. In the, I was right falling. about 87. I, Gary Marshall, Goldie Hawn. Or Kurt, the, Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn. Course of falling overboard, she bangs her head and forgets to be mean. Okay. And she becomes nice. That's the premise of overboard. That sounds like some MGTOW shit. <laughs> uh, I only have one other note. Okay, let's hear it. Say it. It's for you. Okay. It's aimed at you. Okay. You okay, UK? <laughs> I recognize that these are not British. <laughs> they girls. act so British. They're so they stiff up so lip. British. And they they say Burns poetry when they're trying to buck up. I have two questions for you. Yeah. Once Mr. Peterkin's hard heart had, had started to soften, it was just like ice cream in the sun. He began to carry the twins pick a back or ride them cock horse on his knee. And I'm, I'm just, and he, you know, he is Scottish or British. He belongs to the British Isles. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is, what is pickaback, and what is cockhorse? You don't do that with your son. Cockhorse, certainly not. You don't pickaback, pick-a-back? TBD. If I, if I knew a clear definition of what it meant. Do you dandle him? Excuse me. Do you dandle him? Uh, I'm worried about this child now. What I do every morning, I spray coconut spray in his hair. <laughs> Okay. And I comb his, his he's got kind of wild hair. Do you really? Oh, Why yeah, do you every care? morning. You want to know our ritual? Yeah, sure. He's got eczema. Okay. Not afraid to admit that, but whatever. Okay. So every morning and every evening, we, while he's being changed into his clothes or out of his clothes, we literally cover his entire body in aquaphor. Okay. From nape to... to neck? Nape is neck. Nape to neep? Nape to neep, and neep is toes, because we do cover his entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every morning what I do is he's got a kind of a wild hair do. <laughs> okay. Because we haven't cut his hair since he was born. And it needs a little taming, so I'll take this coconut spray that I have, <laughs> and I'll, I'll spray it in his hair, and then I'll uh, comb his hair. And it make, gives him a fresh, fruity, tropical scent all day. Yeah. So he's pretty pampered. He's like uh, Dorothy in that one scene in Wizard of Oz. Brush, brush here, swish, swish there. That stuff. He's got a good nature, and he's smart, and he tries his best, and if only he could stop shitting his damn pants, he'd be a perfect angel. Tell me about it, man. Yeah. 
Kid's pampered. Yeah. Preened and pampered. What were we talking about? Well, I was trying to, to get you to say your one note. I did say my note. You okay, you okay. Explain to me what pickup is. What dandling is. Yeah. And cock horse is and what dandling is. Yeah. And I did. Cock horse is a pretty provocative phrase. It's when you, you use, make your knee into a horse, I think. Okay. We do do that. In this house. Make your knee into a horsey. I would never call it cock horse. <laughs> uh, we talked about the Tempest. Yeah. Uh, we talked about our burns. We talked. We didn't talk about our babysitter of the week, Halford the parrot. Okay. The parrot does he look is, after the he's children. He's a parrot, and he says, shiver me timbers and a bunch of other stupid shit. Here's what I want to say. These girls do a great job of babysitting under adverse circumstances, and the point of this— Oh, there's a monkey. Prince Charlie. And that's one of the babies. Let's talk all about all the babies. Real quick, let's list off the babies. Okay. Blue. Yes. One Pink. Twin number one. And Pink. it's hard to tell who they are, but they're the Snodgrass twins. and they're Elijah and Elisha. And Alicia. Yeah. And there's a third um, Snodgrass baby called Jonah. Yep. Who's older. He's the like Snodgrasses, and one. here's the colonialism again, they are... Um, like evangelicals who like the reason they're on the boat in the first place is that they're trying to convert natives yeah to christianity it comes and they have up twins and they've they've named one elijah and one elisha and, the, and they're the both third, boys yeah. and they dress one in pink and one in blue right um and their third then, baby is called jonah then there's Anne elizabeth who is a baby who's kind of thrown in with arlington them. she's yeah. an arlington girl and the men who rescue them are daddy and uh, the babe, the daddy of Anne Elizabeth and the daddy of the Snodgrass babies. Yes, Mr. Snodgrass, Mr. Arlington, and, and then there is Mr. Baby Prince Charlie, who's a baby monkey who's been abandoned on the island. Baby Prince Charlie, yep, he's been abandoned because on the first night on the island they built a teepee. There's a lot of pretty loaded language about Native Americans in this book. Yeah, and there goes my hero, and they scream because they see shadows on the teepee wall and they scare away all the monkeys who are coming to explore the tent. Right. And they leave behind an infant monkey called baby, uh, Prince Charlie. Yeah. And they adopt him and he becomes a baby too. And then I would consider Alfred a baby as well in a lot of ways. The parrot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a funny character. What a lovely novel. Um, and Halford does babysit. At some point, they have to. So they do some good babysitting and some bad babysitting. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Uh, although my baby, babysitter of the week this week is Halfred, I think that it's a black mark in your babysitting book if you leave the babies with a parrot. Well. Yeah. No, I think that's unequivocal. Mary and Jean, Mary especially, did have a lot of black marks in their babysitting book. They yeah. did almost drown the babies they, several times. Th- because they don't know about tides, they leave the babies all by themselves in a boat and the tide comes in. And that's very bad babysitting. Yeah. That's just, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. And then the uh, squall comes in and the yeah. tent is they do it again. spirited yeah. away by the, the ocean. and They, they often save. leave the babies by themselves and they often, like, <laughs> like the times that they do it where they just leave them is, is remarked upon in the book as having been a mistake. 100% of the time. But it's a, it's the a times they leave them when it's not remarked upon as being a mistake is when they tie them to a tree. Yeah. <laughs> And then yeah. they're like, okay, we solved that problem. <laughs> yeah. And that's good babysitting. That's good babysitting. Um, but they're good. They're so much fun. I can't say anything negative about them. I love I love both of these girls. I love Mr. Peterkin, even though he's difficult and it takes him a while to kind of come around. 
Um, and uh, are you, he has. Are a, you entertaining thoughts about that lifestyle? No, and I don't want that. Okay. <laughs> it's bad. Don't even look it up. Don't look it up. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. I think it sucks. Apparently, Jack is like curious. Yeah. But. <laughs> Mr. Peterkin really went for it. Like I like it's funny that like the the book ends and he's like, "You know what? I've like come around. You guys have convinced me. I like I like babies now and I've been pining for Belinda this whole time and so like I'm going to go oh. back to England and get married to her." And it's like, yeah. "Dude, you think Scotland. Belinda is still fucking waiting for you, dog?" Like he you said she was. He said she was. <laughs> he said he gets messages from her every boat trip and she's like, "I'm still pining for you, my my Saya. Please come to me." I wish you weren't a MGTOW. Um, <laughs> big, big reveal in this book. There's kind of a, a Pulp Fiction-style glowing suitcase throughout. Yeah. Mr. Peterkin, in his sea shanty that he's set up, has a brass chest. Oh, yeah. And all the and every the time the girls bring it up, he's like, do not ask yeah. me about the chest. Yeah. I'm not interested in talking about the chest. Do not ask about it. Do not look in it. Nothing. Yeah. And then finally on Christmas Day, sir... They yeah. are celebrating with him. Their their teepee has been swept away. They're living in his house, and they say, "Mr. Peterkin, will you finally tell us about the chest?" And he said, "Yes, I will." He's a peren- he's a uh, liar. He loves to lie and make up stories. Yeah, he's gonna go to hell for that, according to according to the book. They like th- this is what I'm talking about. Like they're trying to like colonize him, right? Yeah. Like they they invite him over to their house and like do like a big sermon that's about like about like bearing false witness. Yeah, um, but he does have this brass chest, and on Christmas Day they finally ask him what's in the chest, and he says, "I will finally reveal to you what's in the chest." Yeah, and it turns out the chest is full of it's full of gold, gold. It's pi- It's like pirate pirate baby. gold. It's like Spanish doubloons, and yeah. he fills up each of the baby's stockings and the girl's stockings with gold <laughs> doubloons. What a good book! And then eventually, when they get saved, he decides to leave the island with everyone, and he's like, yeah. "I'm going to go marry Belinda, and I'm going to take this big fucking chest of gold with me." <laughs> So that guy's gonna live a good life. Yeah, and Belinda's gonna be like, "Hey, like, like you got the worst case of cold feet I've ever seen, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I take you back." <laughs> yeah, it was a hell of a book. Just read it's it. So it's, fun. it's so much fun. It's surprisingly so fun. fun for a book written in 1937. All books written in 1937 are fun. That's Ooh, a hot take. We don't Jack, have time to get into me, it. Um, no, let's not, please. We let have me to look go. up one time book for- in particular no. to see when it was written. I don't want to talk about this. N- now we're going to go, and mm, I realize 1925, was- you're fine. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I want to take back that comment and maybe qualify it by saying that um, a lot of those, a lot like this style of book from that time period that's like these like funny like Edwardian values is a, a particular favorite of mine. That's like, it's you like a your, bunch your of very son after one of these. Yeah, Edwardian exactly. Kids from books. five children in it. And it's like, it's like kids who are like, who are brought up somehow to be like game and self-sufficient and like, like have this like moral backbone that is also like suffused with like humor and good nature. And like at its core, to go back to virtue ethics is about like just about kind being kind 
Yeah, it. And I like, wanted to be upset with their like stiff upper lip shit, but every yeah. time they did it, I was like, God, I wish I had. That. I wish I were like that. <laughs> I wish yeah. I had that attitude. Like they're often like, and it's like the uh, the writer Carol Ryrie Brink does this wonderful job of like, like it's fun and lighthearted, but it's like you can sense it underneath it. Like the stakes are real for these girls and they're like often on the verge of tears but then they're like they like buck each other up by like saying poetry and like or just like make a fucking joke of it or like yeah. inside of it where they're just like well better this than dead yeah, as though totally. dead was just like as though death was not a state yeah it was just like a mood where it was like yeah well i'd rather be hungry than dead yeah, exactly it's good and it's so it's lovely and it like it creates like stakes but also does it in a way that like moves the plot along at a clip and is like it's always like like it's about their good nature and good spirit in overcoming these um, this bullshit and that's what babysitting is. Yeah, and that's babysitting. That's being a parent. And that's being parent. That's being a big towel. And it's not that. And don't look it up. And unfortunately, it's time for us to go. Okay. We gotta go. We have to leave. Um, it's ten oh five here in Connecticut. I have to go and, walk my dog. Okay. I would like to thank you, Tanner, very much for bearing with me. I would like to thank the Baby Nation for bearing with us. They briefly talk about calling the island in this book the Baby Nation or, like, baby country. And it's like, all right, fucking back off. Yeah, that's IP freely. That's our stuff. Um, and I would like to remind everybody that you can get a whole new show from us by going to our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast, where we talk about the Little Sister books. We're probably going to move on to talking about, because um, we're almost done with those, to talking about other uh, fun tween and adolescent literature young, from the era. Young reader books yeah. um, of the so 80s and 90s. Jump on board. Now's a great time to do that. And it is also a wonderful way to support our show and to keep us um, doing it. But Tanner and Jack, yeah, what will you do on this show when you're done with babysitting books? Yeah. None of your fucking business. <laughs> is that what Fuck they off. talk like? Yeah. Wow. If I had known. Um, and don't fuck off. In fact, please do um, continue to support our show. And another way you can do that is by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. And also you can buy our merch, bit.ly slash merch. Finally, please do remember to join the Baby Nation Facebook group. Everyone's good there, and it's so fun, and you must be there, and it's good there. Uh, all that remains is for me to say that this week we did read a novel. It was called Baby Island. Uh, next week, uh, by which I mean because for the time being we're only releasing every other week. Um, so in two weeks from now, Tanner and I I have certainly purchased Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre, um, yeah. which – I'm told is about governessing, which is the old way of babysitting. We love that shit. Um, so I'll read it. I don't give a shit. It might be that, but it's like long, so it might be something else. But that's but the best I can do now. for you in terms of what we're talking about. We're doing this fortnightly. Yeah. And uh, all that remains is for me to say that this week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. Please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's. Remember the trip man. Take your dream horse through that maze. This is the way berries to blood. There is no God and we are his prophets. I may be a shitty boyfriend, but I'm a damn good babysitter. Claudia is wearing a bra now and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented.
I just remembered. So we've uh, told the story of uh, you getting tripped by that man, and it was one of the first. I guess we were buds, but we were our our friendship was was very new. It was budding, Um, and you got um, uh, a man deliberately tripped you up, and he had a gun, and um, we were out drinking. Yeah, no, we we know the story. People have celebrate the 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 hiring of me and our coworker Matt. Yeah, former coworker Matt to the New York Review Books slash Infowars, and a man. Tripped you. me on yep. intentionally to mm-hmm. harm me. Yeah, because he thought it would be funny. Yes, and you got in his face, and yeah. I saw that he was intentionally, very intentionally, trying to show you that he had a gun in yeah. his waist belt. And we, we, and you were too hat. Yeah, we manfully ran away. And we manfully. The ran thing, away. and we've told that story before, but part of the story that we haven't told, I think, before that I just remembered, is that later. At further drinks with the rest we of did go out and keep drinking the staff we went out and yeah. kept drinking, and the night ended my, my eye was like bleeding, yeah, the night ended when our colleague Amanda threw an entire beer on you threw her entire beer in my face, and then, as I sat there dripping and everyone else was in just like total silence and shock, she grabbed my beer and then also threw that in my face <laughs> i Literally can't even remember what you said to her. I didn't. That caused I, her to throw not. I one, did but it. Two I should be clear. I didn't. I, like we were weren't even talking about anything. She was so angry with you for <laughs> some reason, though. You must have been saying some pretty MGTOW shit. No, that's not. Let's not have that be the thing that people take away from this. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast.